0: both nationally and internationally, to all ages and gender. She has a plethora of messages on many issues, experiences, and situations of life from God's perspective. Get ready to be transformed as you listen to this message by God's anointed handmaiden, Adelaide Hewitt Mills.
1: wow 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 a round of applause for the words of wisdom modes and kinds of communication what a blessing hallelujah thank you very much episcopal sister for this deep 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 revelations we are learning are we learning and are we being blessed if you are being blessed then you can put your hands together one more time We, we thank the lord well we'll be crossing over to the second segment but in between that time we'll be taking some questions some pictures are going to be passed around and then also we have um the telephone number that you wish you know to send is by, by whatsapp yeah zero five zero three four five seven eight eight Six zero five zero three four five seven eight eight six. So I think you can send your questions through that number and um, it will be received and um, Episcopal Sister is present to answer every question of yours are you excited about that? Yeah. beautiful, so in between it we will receive a musical interlude, shall we welcome Nana to bless us with a song. A round of applause for her.
2: Beloved, he is so special. Can I tell you what's happening in my life? I'm in love and I think I'm gonna get married. I'm sure you're thinking, ooh, ooh. Ooh, oh, this is so good to hear. Love is strong as death. many waters cannot quench it. True love is strong as death. the floods cannot drown it. Whatever God does, it shall be forever. Love is strong as death. it will be forever. Mm -hmm. My beloved is such a nice guy So sweet, so gentle, and so kind I can't believe God will give me someone so good Never had so much love and attention I'm sure you're thinking, ooh Oh, this is so good to hear Love is strong as death Many waters cannot quench it True love is strong as death The floods cannot drown it Whatever God does, it shall be forever, love is strong as death, it will be forever. Mm. I want you all to pray for me, I hope my beloved, he will not change. I've heard many things, many things about my rage. Oh. Can such love turn into bitterness? That's why I'm praying. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Oh, may our love last forever. May our love be strong as dead, so many waters cannot quench it. May our love be strong as dead, so the floods cannot drown it. Whatever God does, it shall be forever. Love is strong as dead, it will be forever. So I've been praying about my relationship And I'm sure you're praying about yours too I am having counseling I'm so keen in the word of God Building a good foundation May our love be strong as death May our love be strong as death. Whatever God does, it shall be forever. Love is strong as death. It will be forever. May our love be strong as death. So it will be forever. May our love be strong as death. So it will be forever. you're a man with feelings, yeah. Be nice and so nice and caring. You've got to show your first love. Be nice and so nice and caring. That's how you show your friend love. Oh, brother, how do you treat your So your father You show your first love So you that stand by yeah, For your first love Wake up and hurt Don't be lazy Be a strong Christian, Not a best man A strong man, not a weakling. Come on, you must be firm and respond. Be nice. so nice. out so nice, so nice. her oh, so her nice. Be there at so nice. Say baby, I love you so nice. Say baby, I miss you so nice. Say baby, I need you oh, so nice. Come on, brother nice. So nice. Come on, brother so nice. You gotta be nice, brother It's so gotta nice. be a one, brother oh, so nice. Come on, be nice, be nice. So nice. So nice, That's what we wanna be see. So nice, yeah. oh, so nice. Tell them be so nice. Be so nice. Be so nice. Oh, so nice. You you be, nice, so so nice on. be so nice. Mm. Oh, so be nice. Talk to so you brother Oh, oh. Be so nice. Be so nice. Oh, so nice. Be so nice. What we wanna be so nice. Be so nice. Be so nice. So Come nice. on tonight. Oh, so nice. Be nice. Be nice. Be so nice. Be so nice. nice. Be so nice. Be so nice. Be nice. Oh, so nice. Be nice, and nice. Oh, nice. Oh, so nice. Oh, so nice.
1: Be nice, so nice, composed and arranged by our prophet, Bishop Daggy mills Oh, come on, a round of applause for our prophet. Be nice. Try to be nice. Keep sending your questions. Amen. I believe that Episcopal Sister is ready now to take all our questions. So with a round of applause, let's welcome Episcopal Sister Adley Ward-Mills to take us through the question Hallelujah.
3: Shall we pray? Father, thank you that the entrance of your word brings light. Give us light by your spirit and by your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, one of the modes of communication is also singing. So you can sing to your spouse. I remember when I was beloved dozing once, I went to visit my husband and he was not well. And he asked me to sing for him. And, oh my gosh. And then I sang for him. But at that time I was singing for him, his father was not home. But as I was singing, I didn't hear his father coming. So he came and said, Who was singing? And my husband said, Oh, it was Adelaide. At that time, I wasn't a TSA, but he regarded my voice. But these days, (laughs) I'm not sure. (laughs) Um, Amen. So, brothers, I hope you are going to be nice because another mode of communication is giving of gifts. It shows that you are valuable. It shows that I care. Some of you are too armstrong. You you never give your wife anything, everything she has to buy for herself. It's not right. You will not celebrate her birthday. I was counseling some couples and some of them told me, because, Lady Reverend, in my house, there was no such thing. I said, so in your house, there was no blender, so we should live without blender. In your house, there was no fun, so we should live. No, you have to be willing to learn. Some of you, when your wives recount how you have never bought them anything, in fact, they are married to you, but they are like single parents. Be nice. Be nice. Amen. Communication by gifts. Please, I would like to know what the best way to communicate your displeasure about your partner's friendliness with the opposite sex. This is a very dicey and yet uh, and yet common problem, and I think that. It's usually a melee, like a mix of things. First of all, it can be a mix of our own insecurities as women. It can be a mix of your husband's lack of discretion and lack of uh, boundaries. It can be also the party involved also and the party's behavior. So all that is a mix and sometimes we don't see our way clearly. And it's very difficult to talk about this without being passionate, dispassionately. It's it's almost not possible. So I would say that often you may have to find ways and languages that your partner understands and where you find that he's more cooperative. Because some people are more cooperative. I have a friend whose husband, his main principal way of communicating with her is by text. When he comes home, he'll say nothing, as if nothing has happened. But text, he can write a whole treatise and thesis for you. You know, so some people, and I said to her, but it's communication. Of course, it may not be what you want, but at least it's communication. So you have to try and build on that from something. So you would know how best to communicate your... um, your concerns, but because you're already emotional about it, and sometimes you have already prejudged, so all that mix doesn't help. And then if you can get a neutral referee, who would look at it objectively and tell you this is the way, that's the way, then it helps. But one thing my husband has told me in the past is that he thinks that some of the things, when they are said, Rather, you give life to it. It's like, it may be something, but when you say, "Ah, oh, so I'm supposed to be interested in Sister Joy. Oh, okay, now let me look properly. It doesn't make sense to me, but that's what he says. So we have to believe some of the things, you know. And, and, and nowadays, it's also vice versa. There are women who are also close to other men and say, Oh, it's nothing, it's just whatever. But what I think is the litmus test is ask yourself, if it were you, you the other spouse, would you like it? If your wife was to be like that with another man, would you like it? And I think that that often will help us to find an answer. But we don't want to look at it that way. But Jesus said, love your neighbor, ask yourself. So I think that if you're able to answer that question, it helps. But because it sometimes lays with accusation. with it. It's a very confusing world, and you need a lot of wisdom. But I think that you should be able to find your mode of communication as a couple, to know how to even talk about sensitive things. And also what I have learned is the fact that you start, co- you, you start communicating about something doesn't mean all the communication must be finished tonight. You can leave off when it becomes a bit touchy. And then later you pick it up from where it fell off, you know? And it doesn't become a quarrel, but it becomes a constructive whatever. But when you feel that everything must be solved now, then sometimes it becomes a problem. Amen. Amen. If I'm dating a guy, how will I know he's the right guy? Hey, this is a whole sermon. <laughs> but um, you know he's the right guy by becoming the right woman. So it's not just looking for the right guy, but you also becoming the right partner and the right spouse. Many men say, I want to marry this type of woman. But what type of man are you? You know? I think it's a gender war. So it starts by you becoming the right person. Not you looking out for the right person, but you allowing God and the Holy Spirit to work on you to become the right person. And I believe that when that happens, then you will have the eyes to see the right. The Bible says that when you have removed the beam from your eye, you will be able to see clearly to remove the speck. Usually Christians think it means don't remove the speck. When you've removed your beam, you see clearly to remove the speck in your brother's eye. Also, there are messages that I've preached on how to be marriageable, how to be found, is on YouTube, is on podcast, is everywhere. But if I'm to talk about it now, it will be another convention. So I hope that that will also help you. The person who wrote his name, I, I don't know. Let's, uh, let's take it that you are preparing to get married and you see your partner on between with another person. And you have three days for the marriage. What are you going to do? I think it's a storybook or a hypothetical (laughs) question. But I've seen it happen before. And the marriage was broken, even though it was three days. Because what the man discovered was too wild. He realized that he didn't know the girl at all. And she had hidden a lot from him. So he had to take courage and break the marriage. It's better to break an engagement, or even a relationship than to break a marriage. So when you see the signs, it may look like, oh, everybody knows the invitation has gone out, but you can save yourself certain heartaches. Amen. In a relationship where your partner doesn't talk much, how do you go about it? Even when something great happens, you are almost like the last person to know. I think that It's common, you know? (laughs) A lot of people, when they have marital problems, they think it's only them. But remember that the Bible says that no temptation has overtaken you. That is not common to man. A lot of marriage issues, a lot, are regular. There are some abnormal ones, but they are outside the curve. But the usual ones, like not knowing a lot of things, is very, very, very normal, you know? And There are times when I've sat in church and maybe they've announced, oh, bishop is going to here. I've never heard in my house. I'm like, oh, really? So now I've joined the congregation members (laughs) to know what is going on. And then what has humbled me is sometimes I'm going to preach somewhere. And then my husband comes and says, oh, I met this person. He says, you are coming to preach. I never knew. And I'm like, oh, I didn't tell you. So God made me see that I also have a left leg. So that has made me very sober to see my own mistakes and to see that I'm also uh, embroiled with a feeling of weakness. Uh, 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 How do they say it? Uh, We have a high priest who is touched with uh, our infirmities. So that makes me merciful also. And also one of the things is that as growth has come, I've come to accept that I cannot know everything. The organization is too big. 4,000 branches. You think I want to know everything in Tonga, Papua New Guinea. No, I don't. What I have on my plate is enough. So what I know, I know. What I don't know, praise God. You know? And also, why do I want to know Tonga? I I have enough headaches on my head not to know all that. So that has also allowed me to accept that I cannot know everything. Because organization is too huge. It's bigger than me. So sometimes when you rationalize certain things and logicalize, it may help you. And sometimes you can see clearly that most men are not verbal. And when they come, they don't tell us what has happened, you know. Just as I was coming up with your pastor and his wife, I was saying somebody had passed. And your your pastor said, so sad. And then the wife said, really? Somebody has passed? I said, that's how they are. It's just continue to where we are going. You know, so some things are key of acceptance to see that we try, but we still fail. And sometimes a failure is not always a bad motive. You know, so love believes the best. So let's try. And then also, let's communicate how we feel left out. That, oh, when you don't tell me this and this, I don't feel a part of your life. So how can we do it so that I'm amply informed. Do you understand? So sometimes my husband says, why don't you talk to the person who keeps my schedule? Because I myself can't have everything in my head, and I think that that helps me, you see. So you talk about how you can solve that problem. And then if you have a man who doesn't talk much, you are likely to be the opposite temperament, you know. My husband says that he has learned to say, hmm, yeah. And what did they do? "Uh, yeah, you know, to come along. (laughs) So everybody has to adjust a bit. But then I think that you shouldn't try to make the person you. You can solve the problem because some people are like lumps. They say nothing, you know, but you can teach the person how to communicate by the way you communicate. I don't know if it helps. And also don't put all your needs to be met by this one person. Why? Don't you have friends? Don't you have girlfriends? Why don't you communicate with them also? So that your communication need will drop a bit. And then when you come home, the little that is there or whatever is there is a top up. Amen. I hope it makes some sense. Well, sometimes when you are not experienced, you feel it doesn't make sense, but you wait. <laughs> I have a wonderful wife, I love her so much, but I have this attraction for ladies who wear anklets and two earrings. I begged her, order, order in court. Order. I begged her to do the same for me, but she's refusing. Is, is that a, it's a big deal for me. Please, am I being unreasonable, or is she the one being some way? Well, the Bible says that. Let each count the other. Better than himself. That's what the Bible says. And let each look on the matters of others and not just the matter of himself. So if that's the case, then your wife may have to consider what makes you excited. Now if you, have, you wanted me to wear anklets and two earrings, it would be very difficult for me. Because it's not just my style. But I may be able to do it for you at home. So that will be a compromise. Okay, so, and also maybe it's your background. Maybe the people you've dated have always worn anklets and two earrings. (coughs) And so she has to now go and pierce a second ear. So maybe you have to now also renew your mind a bit and meet her halfway. Because usually compromise is what brings us to a good place. Amen. So as you count what she feels important and she counts what you feel important, then it's a win-win situation. How do I communicate with my husband who is always angry when he's talking to me or always angry when he wants to address me? I think that when he comes with that angry tone, you can come with an ice water tone. And you can say, please, with all due respect, don't talk to me that way. Or please, when you are so angry, I get so frightened and I get confused. So please help me. I don't know, what's the excitement? (laughs) Ah! And I think that even if he looks angry, he banger, something will drop. And also, one thing I have found effective is to use scripture. Not that you are using scripture to pontificate or show the person how sinful he is. But then at a good time, you come and you say, you know, the Bible says that anger is not a good emotion and... Even you shouldn't be friends with an angry man lest you learn his ways. So I don't want to learn your ways. (laughs) And uh, I also don't want the children to think that it's a way of solving problems, you know. I know that we all have our left legs, but I'm committed to helping all of us so that we work with this anger thing, you know. And if he doesn't listen, the Bible says, take it to the elders, and then to the church, and then from there. But and also pray that the Holy Ghost will convict him, because when a man fears God, it's your best asset, because God can get through to him more than you. Remember when Sarah wanted Ishmael to be sent, she told Abraham, but he will not bad you. And also he had developed some feelings for Hagar, because God said, you are white because of this die born woman, <laughs> but God said to Abraham, listen to the voice of Sarah, your wife, in the closet, so I'm sure Sarah just got up in the morning, and saw that he's saddling the donkey, he's sending Hagar, say, hey, what has happened? He has had an encounter, he will not tell you, but he's obeying God, and that's all you want, amen. So speak to heaven. Speak to the big hymn about your small hymn. Amen. Please, is it that if you've married a man twice your age, and at a point in time it didn't work out, and you move on and meet someone you are about four years older than, can you marry such a person? Well, I've not seen the Bible say this age or that age. Do you understand? I just know that Adam was created before Eve. <clears throat> but I don't know even whether it was second days. I don't know. And God has not put that categorically as a, a requirement. I just know that the Bible says that if you are going to build a tower, sit down and count the cost. So if you are going to marry a man that you are older than, like how Derek Prince was 26 years older than his wife, You see, you have to count the cost and see whether you are able. But some people too, marry men that are older than them. But when time passes, you look older than the man. So sometimes there's no age. Do you understand? You are younger. But when we see, we say, have have you seen my son? We don't know that. You understand? So age is not always a thing. It depends on you. I've always shared personally that my mother was 22 when my mother, my husband, my father was 40 when he married my mother, you know, and as he's passed, my mother has told me things she didn't used to tell me before. So I asked her, so when you marry a man much older than you like that, well, and my dad on his 90th birthday, he made a speech. He said, Yes. People said, my wife should not marry me because I'm 18 years older than him, than her, and that I would die. Where are they today? They are all die- dead, and I am here. <laughs> so, but my mom told me that one of the things when she first married was that if there, were, if there was any discussion and she said, then my father would turn and tell her that, hey, Aboufraba, you are a child. <laughs> so that may be the flip side. So for everything, there may be a flip side. But even in normal marriage, there are flip sides. So it depends on you. You said you married an older man. Now you want to marry a younger man. I have a relative who told me, look, I've married three times. I married a much older man. It didn't work. I married my age. It didn't work. I married younger. It didn't work. So mommy, marry whatever God tells you and it will work. (laughs) Yeah. That was her advice to me and I'm sure it's true. You see, so it's who you are and what kind of person you are and whether you are a covenant keeper. Because some people are not covenant keepers, but David Christ was a covenant keeper to the end and he enjoyed his marriage and he always says it. You know, but you, you are not, you are already troublesome with the girls and everything. So you know that type of, you should not go for it. So look at yourself before you buy your shoe size. Amen. <laughs> This question, I always answer it. In a relationship... Okay. Hey, this is thesis. Thank you so much for such powerful teaching. Uh, To my understanding, the language of communication is between two parties, in which both parties communicate back to each other in response, making their communication not be one-sided. When you are in a relationship, or you are about to enter and you find out that you are the only person who communicates or starts a communication with your partner or friend, can I conclude that this is going to be a healthy... No. What you see is what you get. (laughs) And what you see multiplied by a thousand. Okay? So I think that what unmarried people should ask themselves with what they see is that, can I live with this flaw? Because nobody is perfect, but can I live with this flaw? You see, they say love is blind, but we the neighbors, we are not blind. We can see. So it's not going to go away. It's going to be as it is. And when the person settles in the marriage, it's going to be worse. Um, if yes, what should I do to make my partner or friend become the communicative type? If no, what should I do? Ask yourself. You say, should you continue or should you quit? Ask yourself if you can live with it. And if you can live with it, then you both work towards it. But it's not a magic wand. The person has been like that since his mother gave birth to him. The mother has been trying to change him before you came. It's been 27 years it didn't work. You came two years, and you feel you can change. Sometimes it takes a miracle. Okay? Amen. My spouse abuses me anytime there's a conflict between us. Please help me out. I'm confused of what to do. I think that you have to confront it. That please, with all due respect, do not continue to insult me. I mean verbally or abuse. You You said verbal, physical. It's something must stop. And you may have to report it to somebody who can bring sanity. You know, And if it's really physical abuse where even your life is in danger, you may have to run for a while. Because Jesus said, if you're in a city and there's persecution, run to the next city, you know. So, so, I mean, use wisdom. Because some women have stayed and they've been killed. You know, so I don't uh, propose that you do that. And if you're a Christian, why are you solving your problems by beating me? (laughs) You know, there are certain people I know personally. I mean, whatever they say, they just get slaps blood in their noses but they can't share it because of the husband's standing he may be a pastor he may be a whatever so they are not able to share it but i know it you know and then sometimes i hear the person out there insulted that they were not good wives were no ministry material but you didn't you didn't try you know so please let us really be christians so that the world can see let your light so shine Before men, that they may see your good works and give glory to your father. But if the Holy Spirit is in you and cannot work in you to change anything, then our faith is useless. Amen. Amen. My spouse finds it difficult to help me in terms of financial needs. But for his kids, he does. He does. Please help me out. Brother, whoever you are, be nice, be nice. Take some money, give her some gifts, but I don't know whether, you know, sometimes we, the sisters, we are very extravagant. Things that your husband can't afford. I I don't think we are like that, but I'm saying it for the benefit of anyone who may fall into this purview. He can't afford school fees. So you want your children to go to Canadian school by all means. No, yeah, then, we, we went to just here, we are okay. It's true. By the grace of God, I'm not saying there are not challenges with education, but by the grace of God. My son Joshua, you went to this school, normal. You pay fees, normal. And then when he finished, he went to Achimota School where they beat him and all this. Then after that, he went to the UK to do law and came out of the first class. With those of you who have gone to wherever you have gone. You see, so... Sometimes when you can't afford something, God will make it up to you in another way and at the right time. You don't have to be pushing, pushing, pushing as ladies. You know, you say, I want this wig by all means. It must be Indian hair or Jamaican hair or whatever hair, by all means. You see, and your husband may not be able to afford it. But life is in seasons, and as you go along, it will get better by the grace of God. Amen. And Bible says, beware of covetousness. But I'm not saying that for the Armstrong husband who does not meet the wife's needs. Amen. Let her, and it's not everything she has to come and ask you. Some of you are married to homemakers or housewives. She has to come and ask, I need a panty. I need sanitary towel. Why? Why? And then the only money you give her is pocket money. She, dear, she doesn't exist. You know, give her money that she can spend. You may not be able to give her the world, but show her that you care. Love is kind. Amen, brothers. And some of you brothers, you are afraid that maybe if you support her in education or you give her something, she'll become more powerful than you. But when she's powerful, it reflects on you the virtuous woman. Her husband is known in the gates because of the type of woman she is. So it adds to you. The woman's glory is the husband. Amen. Amen. A word to the wise is enough. (laughs) I was in this beautiful relationship and something happened which caused a breakup. Because of a broken heart, I threw words, she said deceitfully, but I think another word, wrongly, cursing him. But he did not do that. He did did no such thing. Now he wants to come back. Your husband is Jesus. Your beloved is Jesus. And I also have feelings for him but I am afraid that the curses will come back to me. I am afraid that the curses will come back to me if I accept him, because now you become his wife and the curses you have spoken, the two shall be
1: one.
3: Please, any divine advice? I'm glad that I'm glad that you've recognized your error, number one. I'm elated that you seem to have some form of repentance or remorse. But the Bible doesn't ask us as Christians to just repent. It says that In Acts 3, 9, I believe, repent and be converted. So a lot of Christians are repenting, but we are not converted. So you need to be converted. Repent and be converted that times of refreshing might come from heaven, from above, you know. So you look sorry, but you need to be converted, changed. And Jesus says, unless you become a child... And be converted, you cannot enter the kingdom. So let real repentance and change come. And then I have good news for you. The Bible says that mercy triumphs over judgment. So your judgment is that it's not good. You have cursed, and now the seeds. And if you marry him, the curses will also. <laughs> Isn't life amazing? But because of mercy, the seeds that you have sown, you can have a failed harvest. Like Bishop preached years ago. So I pray that you have a filter. And I pray that this will be a learning curve for you. That your speech will minister grace to the people. And God has even given you another chance. You have cursed him and he's coming back. This love is divine. (laughs) So I wish you well. Walk by the word. The Holy Spirit is our helper. And he will help you if you are willing. And obedient, Amen. So that's you said. Any divine advice? That's the divine advice. I think I'm done with the ones here. So, Lady Pastor B M.
4: Ah, were you caught by surprise? So, the first one, the first one says that, how, how, hello,
3: (laughs) yeah, put it to your mouth.
4: Hello, okay. Hello, Episcopal sister, how does a girl know if she, if her feelings have moved from liking a guy to being in love, and how can I confirm that, how can I confirm the guy's feelings for me? especially when he claims that he's in love with me.
3: Love is a language, isn't it? So if he loves you, if a person loves you, you will see. God so loved the world he gave. Love is demonstrated. So you will see if he loves you. But I would say that everything can start with just liking. And then love grows. The Bible says, let your love abound. Philippians 1.9. So love grows. And love can grow up to the point where You want to marry. So you don't have to dismiss it just because it's liking. And then also you have to watch out for the signs. We can't do surgery to tell you whether you are in love or not. But the signs will show you. Is a person special? Are you always happy to see him? Do you yearn to see him? Do you yearn for his well-being? You know, are you willing to go the extra mile? You are kind. You love his uh, company, all that. Am I now
4: coming to teach you about love? Oh, please. <laughs> <laughs> okay, this one says that there are actually two of such questions, so I just want to ask them. Lady Raven, I want to ask if when you try to communicate with your spouse about something that is not helping in the marriage and she doesn't change, what do you do? When you want to have sex with your wife and she refuses you for months, what do you do? For months? Once for uh, months, for months, for months, what do you do? Then there's another one that says that my wife sleeps in the my wife sleeps downstairs in the hall and I sleep in the bedroom upstairs. I've tried to make her change her mind severally, but she's been doing uh, it. For... But
3: go to the hall. <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand no. <laughs> She's not coming. If the amount will not go tomorrow, where am I to go?
2: All right.
3: But on a more (laughs) serious note, so, I'm answering the one, I hope it, I don't know if it covers it.
4: The second one was what? The second one is you keep communicating about something, a particular problem that's not helping in the marriage, but she refuses to change. You know, there's a lot of questions about attitude, you know, to not changing. It's like, the people are just stuck in their ways and they won't just shift from where they are. So,
3: Yeah, what I think is that at least if you see signs of the person trying to change but not able to become perfect in a short while, for me, that's a very gracious move because you can see that I'm trying. You can see that it matters to me. But where you think the person is not coming along at all, then that's when... You may need some pastoral care. But also, I I realize that people don't look for reasons. What happened? Was she like that before? What made her change? Mm. Is it a grudge? Is it a pain? Is it a hurt? And you think she should just wave it off, you know? But if you came and you said, oh, I realize that these days you are a bit withdrawn and all that. Now... You are not coming from your selfish interest. You are coming from, I want your well-being. And usually that will attract the person's uh, good behavior. Somebody was just sharing with me that at their Valentine's Day, one of the pastors gave a testimony. He had married a Muslim girl and they converted. And the girl didn't understand all these things. Now you are a pastor, you go on. Every day, you come at 1 a.m. When she told me, I said, 1 a.m. is very good. Ooh. Anyway, <coughs> you come at 1 a.m., and then she decided that she would just lock the door. So no matter how you ring the bell, he rang the bell one day, the bell goes for she doesn't care. So he would go back and sleep in the church hall. She doesn't care. For nine years, she didn't care. You can do whatever. You can hit your head. You can. So it came to pass that they were now moving to a new house, and he was tired. From day one, day four, for nine years. So this time, he decided to have a, a, a conference with his wife. So he told her, look, all the things that have happened in this marriage, I take responsibility for. Now we are moving to a new home. And I take responsibility, so I want to know what worries you and what, whatever. And he says... Their marriage has been turned round after that, and their marriage is so sweet. And the woman has a very thriving business. According to him, whatever she touches becomes gold, and the two of them are having the time of their lives. And this woman was at the Valentine's Day program. So they asked her, "How many of you have ever gotten to the place where you felt like giving up?" and she put her two hands up. But today they can laugh about it, you know, by two something. He taking it, that I'm not going to try to change you, but I'm going to try to find out what is wrong with me from your perspective. And once you gain the person like that, usually it will be easy. But when we all stand intractable and movable like the rock of ages, everybody's entrenched, it doesn't make for peace. It doesn't make for peace. So find out what has made her change and talk in a nice and caring way. Usually, I think most women, not all, will come along, you know, and it will help you. But if that court doesn't help, then take it to a higher court which is your pastor or whoever can speak into your lives. And then your wife not sleeping with you for one month. Usually there's a reason for honestly. (laughs) For months. Usually, there's a reason. Either you've done something. You know, some people are grudge bearers, they are not able. And some people, I tell the brothers, the fact that women don't have something that rises does not mean they are always ready. <laughs> you got the joke? <laughs> they don't have things that rise. So you always think that they are always game. They are not. And it's not because they want to be difficult, but they are unable because God made us a certain way. So when we are hurt or we are stressed or our mind is not there, we have been taught dutiful sex. So we go by the counseling. But where it's for months, then something is wrong. And LPBM has a verse about being brought from Lebanon in the Songs of Solomon. Man, what verse is that?
4: Songs of Solomon,
3: Songs of Solomon chapter 4. <laughs> will you read it for me? I will read it. Songs of Solomon, chapter 4. Is it 28 or something? I think it's verse 8. Verse 8, okay. This one, the brothers need to know it. Songs of Solomon, are we there? It's after Ecclesiastes. Chapter 4, verse what? 8. 8, okay. Come with me from Lebanon, my bride. This is Solomon speaking. He has his bride, oh, but come with me. The woman is in Lebanon. Oh. She's not in Ashama, Lebanon, real Lebanon. <laughs> Amen. Come with me from Lebanon, my bride. Come with me from Lebanon. Come down from Mount Amana. And from the peaks of Senir and Hamon, where the lions have their dens, and leopards live among the hills, you have captured my heart. So you are bringing her through dens, through leopards, through lions, before you bring her to your bed. Amen, Amen. brothers.
4: You look shocked. (laughs) (laughs) They say, come to me from Lebanon. Yes, but this one is come (laughs) with me
3: it's supposed to be mutual
4: <laughs> the room
3: is quiet
4: <laughs>
3: I'm not saying that every day come from Lebanon but for your wife to come along honestly if a wife is okay not that well I don't think it's so much to please a woman personally average oh, once you've called her during the day you've shown her that you care, she'll just flow with you. But you see, it's not understood or accepted. But the key of acceptance of what a woman is will help us. So when you say, my wife, sister, a mom, she doesn't try. She's a cadaver, she's whatever. Bring her from Lebanon and see. You will see that she's a live wire. You will see that she's a live wire. So you've done things this way for so long. Try the other way and see. And see whether your bedroom temperature will not change. It will change. Amen. Okay, anyway. Next question. And I also feel that she needs to be spoken to because you don't use sex as a weapon. Yeah. You know, and that when the Christian man falls, you will say, he's fallen. The Bible says, Woe to them by whom they fall. Woe to them. So God will ask you, What did you do before this happened? You see. So Christian women also do that. And then later they say, Well, but why did he fall? Because you did not feed him. So when you saw the alakwa and things on the road, it was nice to him. I am not justifying. But the Bible says that even when you are in the same house and you are fasting or praying, Do it with agreement. Uh, And then he says, come together quickly. Why? Let Satan tempt you. Even in the same house. For a few days fast. How much more months and months? (laughs) Sorry. It's just not fair. Amen. Amen. So please bring your wife to Bishop Ato and help (laughs) you, Pamela. And I can join by Zoom.
4: I Actually, know. these people, I think they are from. Plus four nine is Germany. I think some of them, there's ah, a plus Germany, four nine okay. and plus three six. So. <coughs> Hello, um, um, Lady Reverend, we've been married for five years, going to six. But my husband has been lying about money to people we do business with, oh, our nice. agents, everyone we do business with. He's always lying about something or the other. And when I find out, I'm so embarrassed. I've been praying and forgiving him each time. But the disgrace is getting worse. What do I do? You
3: need Abigail's wisdom. Mm. Because Abigail knew she was dealing with a difficult situation. And it took, the Bible says, a woman of good understanding to know what to do. So, I would say practically, you know, sometimes i have dealt with cases where the men are not good with managing money and then you go and do joint accounts every month the money finishes by 17 because he doesn't spend money well and i know of families where there's been no food because of the man's profligate way of spending money you know so i told the wife why don't you have a separate account for his own sake Because when the money gets in, she's also starved, and his children also don't have food. So have a separate account that when he's in trouble, you have become like insurance, and then you can help him out. Because when you all have your same money in the same kitty, it doesn't help anybody, you know. So she may need some wisdom to know how to maneuver. And also, don't, um, don't enable his habit. Every time he's in debt, then you beg the people for him. Every time he's in debt, then you forgive him. But forgiveness does not mean being nice over things that are not nice. You've forgiven, but you also have to be firm. All right? So may God grant you wisdom.
4: What should I do if my beloved keeps a pile of past stories and Only to remind me after so many days or so many weeks or months. Why?
3: Maybe stories against you. Yes. Well, the Bible says love does not keep a record of wrongs. You know, so he needs to let go. So who is going to tell him? You can communicate with him, but if it's not working, take it to a higher court. Amen.
4: Amen. I would like to know your views on long-distance relationships. My wife received a very lucrative contract job offer from abroad. And I've agreed to allow her to travel and I and the kids will remain in Kenya. Hey, who are now? (laughs) (laughs) Kindly advise me if you can. And help on how we can keep our marriage alive while she is away.
3: Hmm. Sometimes you can't have your cake and eat it. So you have to decide that you're going to keep your communication lines open. Either you talk every day, you talk by video, whatever, that you see each other. And then also in the midst of it, you and your children travel, she travels. You may have to mix up, but because of this verse that come together quickly in the same house, let Satan tempt you. You have to keep your communication, pay a price. For being together in the midst of this complex situation, I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. Or you move house, just move. When a contract is over, you decide where you want to live. You may have there are a lot of sacrifices to make so that your relationship. Even when you are together, how is it? And then when you are not together, you know. So that's your personal decision. But this is what I I will say.
4: How can you communicate to your spouse, the husband, about good things happening in your life? Because he seems to be jealous of your successes in life. And what do you do when the husband controls the wife to the extent that he won't even allow her to go to the market, always telling her to take care of the children and even prevents her from being involved in ministry work? Sad to say, he's a pastor in the church.
3: I'm not surprised because I've dealt with some issues like that. And rivalry between spouses is real. Some people feel my wife is earning more money and they don't like it. Even in ministry, some people feel my wife is shining and I don't like it. It's not that the wife is trying to shine, but... There is male insecurity, I'm sorry. From my experience, I've come to see that it exists. So what I would say is, don't share your success stories too much. Because the person cannot handle it. Cannot handle your success. You can't say, hey, today at the board meeting, I addressed them and they said that they have promoted me, so I'm now country manager. You see the person's face is not happy. It's an anomaly, but it happens. So you need wisdom there not to share too much of yours. How was the board meeting? Oh, good. How was that? oh, perfect. How did this, work? oh, that be, it was nice, that's all. You know, because it's counseling I've dealt with. I've seen it. I've heard pastors tell their wives, when God called me, where were you? <laughs> what oil is on your head? But she has not said anything. She's just a poor handmaiden doing Bible study, serving God and you. Because men find their worth in their work. They think everybody's like that, you know. But most women find their worth in their relationships. They may work hard, they may be happy about their, but their essence is they are wired by God for relationships. So it's not the same, but the rivalry is real. So she has to learn how to maneuver it, you know. And then what else was her?
4: She said um, control. her control. Yeah, you to go to the market. Yeah,
3: I think that some of the control, your husband has insecurity issues. Serious insecurity issues. So even market, he doesn't want you to go... Somebody told me she's not allowed to go to the market to have friends. Every day, somebody has to go with her and watch her. You know, yeah, and she said, it's very difficult. And when I told the husband, he said that it's because he's been attacked before. (coughs) That's why he's that way. But I think bottom line is insecurity. So your husband needs counseling. You know, I don't like it that when spouses see a fault... They just say, it's, it's your issue. You know, he has insecurity, he has a problem. But we are supposed to help you. It's just like if a spouse is sick, you help the spouse recover. So if the person is willing, help the person recover. That's what I would say. Let's not just mind our issues, but mind also other people's issues. But he has insecurity, and you know that it's a sickness. So you have to work around the sickness. <clears throat> Okay, if take it that somebody has asthma, you need an inhaler. So, you to get an inhaler and find ways of still serving God. And also talk to Him about how you feel. You know, if He listens fine, if not, a higher court. If a higher court doesn't work, then you need Abigailism to think about how you can maneuver to still do what you have to do. You may have to do telepastoring so that. You still do ministry because sometimes that also gives you fulfillment. And the fact that God made me marry you doesn't mean he doesn't have any purpose for me at all. Then Moses' mother, you know, no purpose. But when you look at Hebrews 11, it says, by faith, Sarah also received strength, seed in herself and strength to conceive. If Sarah had not conceived, what would happen? And God came and said, my covenant is with Sarah. So God has covenants even though she's your wife. And Abraham laughed at Sarah's calling. It's not only Sarah who loved. Abraham said, Sarah who is old like this, can she give birth? So sometimes your husband may mock your call, but Jehovah knows that he has called you, and you must fulfill it. Amen. So when you go home, read it. Abraham laughed and said that, Sarah who is so old Can she give birth And God came and said I for Ishmael, I will bless him But my covenant is what, not with Hagar at all And he changed Sarah's name From Sarai to Sarah To say that she was a princess But now she's the mother of nations You know, you may not see You may think that any Hagar can do But God's
4: heart and mind Was on Sarah Hallelujah. um, My question is How do you stay in a relationship with a man who clearly tells you he's not ready to marry? Hey, leave him his His basis is that he hasn't yet found his purpose in life. Hey, and you are following him? He's a godly man. No purpose. He's a godly man he's gone to bible school hey he dangerous administrator but he's still not sure whether he has been called to pastor he sees himself sometimes ministering sometimes on a missionary trip to a foreign land but he's still not sure of his direction maybe he just needs counsel so he cannot get married unless he discovers his calling he will waste your time Lady Reverend, yes,
3: please come in. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Hallelujah. Now, as you were reading the question, honestly, the thing that came to my mind was, what are you still doing there? Yeah. Because if he doesn't know where he's going, and he's where not is Abraham, he taking he, you? Yes. Abraham didn't where know is where is he, he is, <laughs> was, but God was leading him. Yeah. This man, we don't know.
4: He's, he doesn't know where he's going. And he's your head.
3: No, but she said he's an administrator, so he's doing something. Something. Uh, but I don't know whether, he's mission not sure whether
4: he's not that mission field. That was so he what marry he he's Supposed to do this administrator no, doesn't no, even. No. He's not sure whether that's what he's so supposed to do. So maybe he needs
3: do. direction. He
4: needs direction because
3: yeah. even if you are doing the administrator, God knows how to use that to call you it, into what He wants for you. You know, I'm but worried
1: that he has he has attached the knots. Marrying to it. Yeah. So that's what worries me. Many of us when we married, I don't think we knew where well yeah, we were going. No. But we didn't think it meant we couldn't marry Yeah. So the fact that he feels that he hasn't seen his purpose. So, so he, he cannot can marry, marry. That's what worries me about it. Yeah.
3: I think she's in dangerous waters. Yeah. So she should take a decision. <laughs> because he may not find his purpose for eleven years.
4: Okay. This one says that my husband likes speaking or passing messages through the girl who is staying with us mm. anytime he's out of your
3: Yeah.
4: when i complain he says he can't reach me and this just keeps happening my husband also calls her anytime i'm even around in the house and the girl will also pretend or act as if she's receiving a call from outside meanwhile she's chatting with Send my her husband. away I'm confused about all Don't this be happening. confused. Send her away and, and get I'm
3: somebody seeing. who does what you want. That's all. So
4: easy. Mm.
3: Huh? This, you don't try to solve it. Send her away. She may easily be a Hagar there. Because now she doesn't know who is in control.
2: Yeah.
3: And she pretends and all that. You don't need that. So send her away. Before he comes from work, send her away. She's not there. Mm.
4: <laughs> At least not on your turf my good evening mommy my good friend confided in me that his wife is constantly on the phone and on social media Hmm. yet unknown who is who she's spending time with when my friend asks her, it turns into an argument and she says that he doesn't make her happy that is why she's constantly on her phone so he asked her how he could make her happy if he doesn't know how to make her happy in the first place He said he can't be a phone, else he would have transitioned to be a phone. So that his wife. A a phone. Uh. So that the wife would have. um, He could spend 24 7 on him. And then he says this 21st century phones and social media is just destroying my life. What can I do?
3: So, your friend, so you are a woman and the man is confiding about his marriage. No, this is
4: actually a man. Ah, and uh, okay. his male friend is confined. I think
3: it. that you have to tell your wife that it's not washing, it's not going to work, and it has to change. You have to be firm sometimes, you know. You have to be firm and say, in my presence, please, turn off all your phones. That's what my husband says. And then sometimes he'll say, oh, mommy, I'll just take this one. He says to me <laughs> that I'm here, no phone, no other, so I comply. Then he'll say, oh, uh, Mr. Patrick is oh. I have to take this one he <laughs> but yeah divided attention and all its breaking relationships so he should ask a man take the oversight and say no more phone in my presence I don't know who you are talking to and it's 24 7 so when I'm home or I'm with you no more phone and I think that when he puts his foot down it will work because how can you be talking to a stranger you are not able to tell me who it's not
4: on.
3: He has to be a man.
4: Mm-hmm. <laughs> My wife does not like talking about our feelings for each other. I try to talk to her when things are not going well. She says, I'm a talkative. <laughs> we have very little quarrel. We, we have a little quarrel and she says that she has no feelings in her heart for me. And she also never says, sorry, what do I do?
3: Talk to her, but you know, again, a referee has to come in. A referee has to come in to reconcile all these things. But talk to, And also, I find that pray about your problem. Pray about every problem and leave it with God. He knows how. Because like Abraham, he will not hear. But God has to come in bodily form and speak to him. So leave it to God after you've done all that you know to do. I think you can not solve every problem
4: Mm -hmm. mommy please i have a lady who i love and want to want her to be my wife in future but the problem is i'm the same person who's been advising her acting as a pastor to her i taught her how to pray how to it doesn't matter it doesn't matter matter. i don't know what to brother
3: that's where you find the among the sheep no my husband was my president of my fellowship. So don't worry. And he was, he was my pastor. I even used to call him rabbi. And then I became his wife. So. <laughs> all things are possible. Yeah. Yes. Bishop Atu was new believer
4: school for all people. So. <laughs> okay. Hey, yeah, you, people. Good evening, mommy. Thank you for your time. I'm married. I stay with my husband and children. The issue is that my husband gives keys to every door in our home to his family members. (laughs) Sometimes it happens that when I come back from work early, then I find them inside my home. What should I do? Change the locks. I've been speaking to my husband, but nothing changes.
3: (laughs) A higher court, it seems sometimes... You can't hear each other, nothing is working, a referee has to come in, you know? But why does he give the keys to family members? All the rooms. <laughs> Maybe he grew up that way. Maybe he grew up that way, he doesn't know how to say no. So you may have to change the locks to your door so that they can be everywhere but not in your bedroom yeah. or your kitchen or something. But you need a referee in this case.
4: (laughs) The Bible says in Ephesians 5.23 that the husband is the head of the family. So why do some women want to take the place of the man? If the woman is a breadwinner of the family, does that make her the man? Yes. If, if if, (laughs) if, If my girl likes to go to parties and always wear short things, Meanwhile, I'm a Christian and I don't like to go to parties. What should I do? What uh, is the girl, my girl? I don't understand the girl part. She said, actually, he said, if my girl lover always uh, likes parties and wears shorts. Uh, he's a Christian. Yes. What, what should, should he I do? do? Change the
3: person. Mm. Can you not see? She likes to wear short things. She likes to party and then you, you're asking what you should do. Can any two work except they be agreed, what fellowship has light with darkness or liable with the temple of God with Christ, and the temple of God is the temple of idols? So you, you can't. the brother sometimes I don't know what influences your sights, honestly And uh, uh, there was something else if the man if the woman Wins the bread. Is she the head? head?
4: She's not the head,
3: but you've abdicated your position. (laughs) You've made her the head. She may be uh, earning better for now, but we should see you striving and actually taking the head and the oversight. Okay? Otherwise, you have abdicated. Most women, no matter how strong, don't want to be the head. But by default, they become the head. But you won't do it, so they have to step in.
4: So show yourself. Man up. Hmm. I think that um, there's this question of the anklets and the piercing and the tattoo this one from the woman's side saying that I don't just want to do it what should I do but I guess that you you give an answer to that
3: I said you can do it in Hmm.
4: your house because of how badly my previous relationships ended that's the same person I find it difficult to trust any guy I meet Recently, I'm dating a wonderful brother, and he does everything possible to show me that he loves me. But I'm so doubtful and very negative in my thinking. How do I get to trust him and be positive about my relationship?
3: Cultivate trust in God and entrust him to God. The Bible says he's able to keep that which we entrust unto him. Amen. Amen. So learn and cultivate to trust God and give the man. On the altar to God that whatever happens God will take care of it and that will help you it's like you've jumped into the middle of the water and you are you are swimming but God will always gently guide you with his arms underneath you so trust God and cultivate a life of faith and say God I've given him up to you no matter what happens and that will break your fears in Jesus name Amen Amen.
4: I'm in this beautiful relationship with a gentleman and want to settle down sometime next year. But my mom has refused to give us her blessing because the gentleman is in a church whose doctrine she doesn't support. Instead, she wants me to get back with my ex, who still likes me, because to her he's in a better church. I'm confused. Please advise me.
3: Well, if your the doctrines are unbiblical, then I don't know why you are with him, you know. I don't know why you are with him. And also, I don't know why you broke up with your ex in the first place before you went to find this non-doctrinal one. <laughs> so the facts are a bit limited. What I would say is that What are your mother's concerns, and how is she explaining it to you? Mm -hmm. And if the doctrines are so different, you may think it doesn't matter, but it may matter. So, I think you have to do more homework, talk to your mother, find out what she's saying, and then try and get her blessing before you go ahead.
4: generally, I'm a person who is not easily angered. But my partner, on the other hand, seems to have a problem with me for that because he says I'm hiding my emotions. He's always making me feel bad about the way I am. He sometimes intentionally wants to provoke me, but it hardly works. And sometimes I do things, the same thing that he does to me, but he gets pissed off. Lady Reverend, am I just too soft or my husband is just quick tempered?
3: You said he's quick-tempered, so yes. maybe that's what it is. And you are not quick-tempered. He wants to make you quick-tempered. He he a lot of men
4: <laughs> wants to <coughs> provoke I him. think he it's the key of something. acceptance, to
3: accept your personality, your temperament, and allow the Holy Spirit to do what he wants to do on each of you is the key. Are we getting to the end? Yeah. <laughs> okay, go I had a child
4: before we met, and anytime I want to bring the child to stay with me, he refuses. He told me to wait, told me we should wait to marry and build our house before I'm sorry, I. Sorry, bring...
3: take it again. I was talking to okay.
4: Bishop. I had a child before we met, mm-hmm. and anytime I want to bring the child to stay with me, he refuses. He told me to wait for us to marry and build our house before I bring the child, which I disagree, and I brought the child. So he broke up the relationship, saying I disrespected him. But now he wants me to come back, but I'm confused. What should I do?
3: Settle the issue with the child, and if it's not settled, decide if you can live like that or you let the relationship go. But don't think that after marriage he will change his mind. It's not like that. After marriage, he will become worse, okay, Okay, because he will be himself by now. So look at that.
4: Okay. Um, thank you. Thank you, Mommy. My wife does not like. Okay, this is what do you keep repeating. Please, I want to know the best solution about the lady you are seriously interested in, but find it difficult to communicate with her.
3: Why do you find it difficult to communicate with her? You have to have reasons, and whether the reasons are tangible. But usually, things don't change after marriage. So don't marry with the premise that when we marry, things will get better. There's nothing like that. Ask yourself whether you can live with it, and that's it. Is it
4: good to start having sex with your partner? Yeah, you don't know the Bible. Well... (laughs) You know that you guys will bow, all means marry.
3: Ah. I don't think you are born again Christian, number one. Number two, I don't think you know God at all, nor his word. But the Bible says you are a temple of the living God. And fornication, God does not allow. God hates Says I should not even once be mentioned amongst you. So please. It is called fornication. It is sin. And also if you marry anyway, then marry. And do what married people do.
4: How do you get a quiet, introverted husband to speak out and be lively?
3: I think I've, I've <laughs> answered something like that already.
4: How do you communicate or point out a particular problem that keeps recurring? Because sometimes you feel that you have to talk about it so many times and the person just keeps on doing it.
3: Yeah, so if it's not changing, then... You may have to change your methods or just accept it, depending on how serious it is. But everybody will have a left leg, and there are things, there's a key of acceptance, that you have to accept certain things, not all things.
4: Okay, I asked this question. We are the finishing person, at 9.30. Yeah. Okay. My question is that I've been married for 15 years, and communication is a big problem in my marriage. My wife sleeps in the hall and I sleep in the bedroom. It's the same thing. It's the same. But he still sends me a response that he didn't get his question answered well. Because I punched it with another question of the same. So think you'll be happy if I read his question. So, I sleep in the bedroom and I wonder if she loves me. I'm worried and I've been thinking about it for years. Please, I need your advice. So,
3: Okay. <laughs> I said that if she's sleeping in the hall and the bedroom can you find out from her by talking to her what the problem is what is her problem with you is it with you how can you solve that problem and then how about going to the hall and holding your wife and affirming your love for her and making things happen that could also work So, use both strategies and see. And if not, go to a higher court. And also pray, 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 pray. Prayer changes things.
4: Hmm. Okay. This is also about a husband who keeps borrowing money and never pays back.
3: (laughs) I think I've answered a question in the same general.
4: And... um, You
3: can read
4: People what's keep, on your lap. So that. They just keep saying that I'm, I'm, not, I'm, I'm not reading their questions, but I have. What if he or she is not ready to answer or respond to questions you approach her about and find it, find it uncomfortable by you asking her? You need a referee.
3: When the two of you, things are not working, you need a referee who will talk to you, use the word of God, and find out what is happening. So that's what you need. So your question has been answered, but maybe you don't go to church, you don't have a pastor, you don't have a shepherd, you know, and all your advisors are your friends who are as foolish as you are, with all due respect. (laughs) So when that happens, you, you know, we often look for counselors who will say what we like and who will say what we believe. But we are not ready for the truth, you know. But the Bible says, buy the truth and sell it not. So if you are not in a Bible-believing church, you are not in a place where you receive good counsel, you have to give your life to Christ. You have to have a shepherd who can speak into your life. Amen. Amen.
4: Hello, Aunt mommy. what do I do if I love someone, but she says she wants to get over her ex before? I think she likes me to but she hasn't said anything. She says she just wants to get over her ex. Yes, allow to. her to be
3: healed. Give her space. Because if she just gets into a new relationship, it may be just there's a void and she's trying to fill it. So it's good that you give her space to heal while still being her friend. And if it's meant to be, God will let it be.
2: Hmm.
4: This one says that my beloved was proposed to me is a cleaner, and at his age, he has only clogged a diploma, and it doesn't look like he wants to further his education or pull his weights. I've not only graduated with my master's, but I've also taken up other professional courses and with a good paying job. I love him because he's God-fearing, but my father will never allow a marriage because of his job and the likelihood that I will be the breadwinner.
3: You said that he's a cleaner, and yes, he, and he has a diploma, mm-hmm. and he's not interested in continuing. Yes. Sometimes a person may not have all these degrees of the thermometer, but he may be a, very, a person with eyes for the future. I say that because my father didn't have much education, and my mother was better educated, but my father was far richer because he had eyes for the future. He was a very confident person. You cannot use your degrees to say what. I was very, very, very confident. So it depends on the person's demeanor, the person's future, what the person sees ahead, and all that, you know. But if he has opportunity and he's also not using it, then maybe he doesn't have those eyes uh, for the future. So you have to advise yourself with what you see and what you believe. And you may have to ask him, point. you said that he's not interested, or? Oh? in furthering his education, mm. but it doesn't mean he's not a forward-looking person. Well, he says he doesn't want to pull his weight, so... Uh, know, super phlegmatic. I think Then so. you have to ask yourself whether you can marry
2: that
3: type of person, and if not, you may have to move on. But somebody may also have masters and all that and still be super phlegmatic. Mm. So. Sometimes you want us to give part answers, but we can't. The final decision lies with you. And you will have to see all the signs and make an informed decision. You know. So if he's not going anywhere to happen, then it's true. And if your father doesn't want you to also marry somebody lower than you in education, then you have a job to do. <laughs> it will affect you, yeah.
4: My wife is always out of the house and comes home late almost every night. Sometimes she doesn't even come at all, seeing hey. that... She, she slept at a friend's house a she, married woman she rarely cooks at home and anytime I talk about it it turns into a big fight hey, there are some cool men. and she says she just <laughs> finds happiness in going out all her friends are not married oh. some are even divorced what do I do you need intervention you
3: need intervention. A married woman does not sleep in her house. How? And then she will not also cook. And she's moving with single friends. No. First Corinthians 15, 33. Do not be deceived. Bad company corrupts good morals. So I think there's something seriously wrong. And I'm even beginning to be afraid for you. Well, whose bed that she sleeping? You know, so you've become too cool. Please, get up, action man. And do something. I mean, look for solutions you know you really have to man up in this okay and go and get a referee your pastor or the family to sit her down and say where do you go because the bible says about the strange woman her feet abide not in her house so it's a very cardinal sign you know you have to be very 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 careful Mm. these days the girls are also dribblers
4: (laughs) it's good evening please I, I dated this guy since 2018 and fortunately left for school same year, like completed in 2021. Mind you, throughout my schooling, this gentleman has never given me even 50 pesos. It's a sign of things to come. Let alone ask if I'm able to even pay my school fees, because I'm not the type who asks anything in relationships, so... I never mind, but it bothers me. He's now telling me he wants to settle down, but I'm scared to accept him because I don't know if he will change after marriage. Hey, but I just said it. I am a nurse and he's a teacher. So throughout our relationship, he has never given me cash. Please, any advice?
3: Anyway, I didn't build my relationship on money, so we didn't have this cash exchange, but at least I had birthday gifts I had I was coming, I bought you chocolate. And the little we had, two sprinkles on our anniversary. At least we ate it, our beloved anniversary. So you could see from the little signs where the marriage was going. I don't know whether you are used to being sponsored. I wasn't used to that, you know. So uh, big things were not done, like school fees. Maybe my parents did it. But I don't know whether for you it's a problem and you feel that you should chip in and all that. But what I would say is, if he doesn't even give you 50 pesos, it's a sign of things to come. So you should uh, look and see whether you are able to marry such a person. And I told you earlier, nothing is going to change. When you marry, it's going to be worse. Nothing is going to be solved. So I've said the same answer over and over again
4: i've been married for some years my husband has hunted down his exes for years and at some point i watched him fall in love with somebody nearby for a long time he couldn't even stand me i felt all he wanted was sex and public appearance at some point i got tired and i told him that he was free to go and be happy that's when he started to make amends i struggled to love him again though i can see that he really wants to work things out Am I wrong to ask for explanation for all these things that happened? Because I suspect that he might have been unfaithful. I don't think it's
3: wrong. Speak the truth in love, Ephesians four fifteen, that you speaking the truth in love may grow up in him in all things. So, all these questions, all these nuances, they will feed doubt. So you need to ask him to come clear. Okay, then you can build or rebuild again.
4: My husband has been hit so badly by his pastors and now he's recovered. It makes me wonder whether when I hear somebody say something bad about him, whether I should tell him or not for fear that he would be hit all over again. What do I do?
3: Well, the Bible says a word fitly spoken. It's like apples of gold in pictures of silver. I personally don't repeat everything I hear. The Bible says, that he that repeateth a matter. So are you telling him to build him up? Are you telling him to protect him? What is the motive in telling him? And then also whoever tells you, you may be able to explain to the person your version of what is happening without bringing him in. Maybe the person says, Oh, your husband, he's this, this, and you know that it's not that. You can communicate to the person, but you don't need to carry everything. Because in the end, you may destroy him, destroy his faith, and destroy his work work with God. So you have to be careful. It's not every matter that should be repeated. I personally don't repeat everything, especially when I feel it won't go anywhere and it's not going to do anything. But I may deal with it at that level, you know. So maybe... Might happens, it may be wise for you, I don't know. That's my take on it. Okay.
4: Somebody is asking that you mentioned, you just mentioned that after repenting, you must be converted. How mm-hmm. do you get converted?
3: Oh, <laughs> by you know, if you are really committed to change, then God, the Holy Spirit can change you. Because look, in time past, When Archbishop Duncan Williams was on drugs and bent his three fingers, when he changed, nobody told us. It was real change. Many people were converted by the Holy Ghost for real. But the Christians of today, the Bible says they lust for other things, you know, and that we are drawn away by our own lust. So we are not prepared to sacrifice pleasure. The pleasures of sin. I love the Bible, but it doesn't say, oh, sin is not nice. The pleasures of sin. Sin is pleasurable. But Moses refused to be a part of the pleasures of sin. So that is the road to real conversion. When you say, God, this is how I feel. This is what my flesh wants, but I give it up. And even if I'm bleeding and I'm crying... I commend my spirit, my soul, my body into your hands. That is commitment. But where you do a bit here and a bit here, you are looking after your own lusts and your desires. And God often cannot work. No, cannot work with that. So we need to repent and be converted. Converted means be changed. How do you get changed? Romans 12 verse 2. Be renewed in your mind. Hmm? Be transformed by the renewing. so con- conversion comes when you renew your mind with Scripture, when you spend your time studying God's Word, when you spend your time listening and allowing the Holy Spirit to change you. But if you do no such thing, you feel that conversion is just a magic wand, like how people are just turned from men to women. It's not like that.
4: I want to ask if I can marry somebody who says that she doesn't want to have children when she turns 35. But I still think it will be her. Sons will get married at 32.
3: Are you God? Even Sarah gave birth at 90. You are not God, but if she says she doesn't want, want to have a child at 35, you have to accept it and see whether you can live with it. The same answer. Nobody can answer that for you. You have to see. And don't think that, oh, it will change. Because these days, I don't know, the modern ideas, I think it's from internet. Mm. (laughs) The counselor is the internet, not the word of God. May you be delivered from that. But you have to decide.
4: Is it okay for both partners to know each other's password and read messages of each other?
3: If you feel comfortable with it. But it brings a lot of problems. (laughs) <laughs> and leads to marriage breakup. So if you want, if you have a heart to see what you see. To change. Um, I mean, I
4: think that's, that's what we're we here for no, yes.
1: All right. Yeah. Wow. It's been an exciting evening. Hallelujah. Well, at this juncture, I believe that late, Episcopal sister will look into somebody's eyes and lead the person to Christ. Put your hands together. Hello, hello.
3: Hallelujah. Well, by the grace of God, we've been sitting and we've been talking about marriage and relationships, but like I said, the greatest relationship of all is that you should know the creator of the universe. You should know the savior of the world who is Jesus. The Bible says, let those who are married be as though they were not. And those who are single be as though they were not. What the Bible is trying to say is that we shouldn't rest in our states, whether we are married or single, and think it's an all in all. The all in all is to know Jesus as your savior. And from some of the questions, I can tell that you don't know the Lord. And tonight, with every head bowed and every eye closed, I want to extend an invitation to you to give your life to Jesus Christ, whom God sent, so that he will come and down the cross and give you eternal life that begins today. God wants to save you, not only in this life, but in the life to come. You want to say, Lady Reverend, pray for me. I've tried everything in my own strength. And Lady Reverend, it's not working. But tonight, I want to give my life to Christ. Lady Reverend, I need a new beginning. You are like that here this evening. You want me to pray and lead you to Jesus Christ, who has transformed our lives and made us sit with him in heavenly places. You want to say, Lady Reverend, pray for me. I'm not sure whether I'll go to heaven or hell when I die. I don't know the Lord like I should. Lady Reverend, I've fallen on the wayside. Tonight, I want to encourage you to take that opportunity. If you are here like that, forget about who is on your left, who is on your right. If you are on any social media handle, forget about who knows you and who does not. We mean business tonight. Let Jesus, the greatest communicator, who came down to meet you at your point of need and your point of loss, let him give you a new beginning. You want to say, Lady Reverend, pray for me. I want to give my life to Christ. I need a new beginning. Just lift up your hands wherever you are seated. In this hall, on social media, wherever you are, in your room, lift up your hands high above your shoulders so that I can see you. And please say this prayer after me. Lord Jesus, tonight I come to you. I come to you just as I am. Just as I am. Jesus. Jesus. I recognize I recognize that I don't know you. That I don't know you. I recognize I recognize that I am a sinner. That I am a sinner wash me wash me in your precious blood in your precious blood and come into my life and come into my life and take over and take over the rulership the rulership of my life of my life become the boss become the boss the master the master and the lord and the lord of my life of my life and thank you and thank you that by this prayer that by this prayer I have been transferred I have been transferred from darkness from darkness into night into night into light into light thank you for a new beginning thank you for a new beginning thank you for my name thank you for my name which is written which is written, which is written in the book of life in the book of life in Jesus name in Jesus name amen amen, amen. heaven is rejoicing heaven is rejoicing hallelujah because you have given your life to christ I want to encourage you, walk with him, walk in his word. Join a Bible-believing church that practices the Bible and grow in him. Don't be found in Sunday on your couch. Be found in the house of God. Don't listen to what he said, oh, these pastors, they after money, they have to... Look, it's Satan's way of getting you out of the kingdom. This prayer marks a new beginning. And I pray for you that God will cause you to grow in him and to know him. In Jesus' name. Amen.
1: Amen. Amen. I I'd like you to pray for the married couples who are here.
3: And okay, if you are married, I, please stand up.
1: And those who are also believing God for life partners
3: after It's not by might. It's not by power, by my spirit says the
2: Lord, it's not by mind,
3: it's not by
2: power, by my
3: spirit says the Lord. worked, some have not. Some are grappling with intractable problems. But I rest in the fact that with you all things are possible. We rest in the fact that the Lord is not by mind, it's not by power, but it's by your spirit. We rest in the fact that you are able to make a way in the Red Sea the secret prayers of your people. Yes, Hear their cry. Wipe away their tears. Yes, Strengthen them where they are weak. Yes. Strengthen them where they are weary. Yes, Strengthen them where they are giving yes, up. Jesus. Lord, step in in the boat, oh, yes. in the midst of the storm. Yes, Let your presence reassure Amen. them. Give them wisdom from above. Yes, Not the earthly, sensual, yes, devilish Lord. wisdom, but the wisdom that is Easy to be entreated. Full of mercy and of of good fruits. And without partiality. Your word says if any man lack wisdom. Let him ask of God. Who giveth liberally and upbraideth not. Only let him ask of in faith. Nothing doubting. For let not the one who doubts. Think that he will receive anything from God. We ask you for wisdom. wisdom we ask you for the way of escape. Way of in escape. impossible situations. Yes. Show your people the exit. Jesus. Lord, Except you build the house. Oh, yes. The labor in vain that yes, Lord. Oh, I stand in the blood. Barosia, I stand in your name. Yes, Father. I stand in your power. Yes, Lord. I rebuke Jesus. the spirit of divorce. I rebuke the anti marriage spirit. I rebuke the anti Fault in the name of spirit of Jesus I rebuke constant quarreling I
2: Jesus. rebuke
3: conflict yes. I rebuke bitterness yes. I rebuke misunderstanding yes, Oh and whatever Satan oh, has brought Jesus. To divide the front mm. And to divide, to divide families yes, Let the spirit of God Raise a standard Against the enemy yes. For your promise has said mm. When the enemy shall come in like a oh, flood the Spirit of God, not us, yes. not our own might, yes, but the Lord. Spirit of God, Spirit of who God. raised up a standard oh, against Jesus. Him. Let that word be fulfilled yes, in the lives of your people. Yes, Let there be peace within their walls yes, and prosperity within their gates. Yes, Lord. Deliver them from evil. Yes. Deliver them from separation. Yes. Deliver them from fighting each other. Deliver them from division. For the house of the righteous shall stand. But the house of the wicked shall crumble. Thank you for your hand. Thank you you for your faithfulness. Thank you you for the war you wage on behalf of your people. And thank you for victory on every side. So that your people can serve you well. And please you. And extend your kingdom. I bless every home with provision, with the Spirit of God, with your abiding presence. Turn ashes into beauty because you are good at that. Lord, Lord, let your people stand to testify of your faithfulness. Thank you for answered prayer in Jesus' name. Let there be healing in all the broken places. In the name of Jesus. Let there be reconciliation in all the broken places. Yes, Jesus. And let the power of God be made manifest in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. And for those who are looking for partners, for those who are in relationships, for those who are not married, Lord, Abraham prayed that you send an angel before his servant oh, that would choose a wife for Isaac. Send an angel before your people yes, to choose spouses for them. Yes, spouses that come from heaven. Lord, you chose your disciples yes. and yet one of them was a devil. Yes. We will not have it all perfect, yes. but with you in the boat, yes. no matter the storm, the weather it. Deliver them from choices and decisions that are not of you. Deliver them from taking steps without acknowledging you in all their ways. Deliver them from leaning on their own understanding. But cause them to trust in you with all their hearts. Force their lines to fall in pleasant places. And lead them into all your will. In Jesus' name,
2: amen. Amen.
1: Wow. Thank you very much. Hallelujah.
0: It was great having you today. To find out more about the resources available by Adelaide Hewitt Mills, please visit at the Kodesh, North Kaneshi, or meet her on Facebook at Adelaide Hewitt Mills. For prayer and counseling, please call 0243-187-900. You can also drop us an email at honeyonmylips at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. Until next time, God richly bless you.